بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته continuing to discuss the case of Kitab al-Tawheed may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our deeds and reward us for it tonight the chapter number 22 is completing the case of the warning from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to his ummah to save them from falling into the polytheism or shirk. We know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is very anxious. He was so afraid that his ummah will do the same mistake which is made by the other nations. So he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam clearly warned his ummah not to fall into what the other nations have failed into or fall into. These three chapters talking about three cases he warned his ummah from. Exaggerating in five persons, constructing buildings on the graves or praying the third one beside these graves. Although all of, all of these three cases are not polytheism itself but for sure it will lead to polytheism as Muhammad Sallallahu said in so many hadith we have already been through and some other ayahs and inshallah tonight we'll discuss the last chapter tonight number 22 which is talking about the same case exaggerating as we mentioned means that to give a person more than he deserves. Admiring, talking about the miracles of the person and so on, that will lead one way or another people to think that he is something special and he is having some superpower that he can give things that cannot be given by human beings. That this person may, <coughs> may be capable of giving healing or cureness from sickness or giving risk or giving this or that in the beginning as we said before when they hear the exaggeration of this about this person they think that okay this person is very close to Allah so why don't we ask him to get, it close, to get us closer to Allah wa ta'ala then later on they will worship him instead of Allah as you can see easily in reality as you can see easy in reality in this life now and the second point is to construct buildings onto this grace also will lead people to misunderstand. Yani the question comes if, you, if, if a child or if a person sees a grave or a person buried in a masjid. A question will come and say why this person buried in the masjid? Why not buried with the others in the graveyard on the cemetery or maqbara, darga as you call it in Urdu, whatever. Why not buried with the others? So the answer of course will say that he is not the same as the others. He is not the same as the others, then why, why he is not the same? Because he is having something special. Ah, something special means that he is having some certain power. Then why don't we ask him? Or get, ask him to get us closer to Allah. We are not worshipping him, we are only asking him to get us closer to Allah. Because we are humble people, we cannot ask Allah directly. Same answer of the Qurayshi's followers said. 
لسائح محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نعبدهم إلا ليقربونا إلى الله زلفا to get us closer to Allah تبارك وتعالى that's what they are trying to say and the last point as we said the three the last one of the three warnings of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to his ummah was to pray beside the grave and we know that the person who is praying beside the grave he is not praying to the grave he is not making this salah for the grave he is making this salah to Allah but and be careful with button here because he's doing this just beside the grave if you ask him why say well like subhanallah when I do the salah beside the grave I feel more for sure I feel that I'm closer to Allah when I ah shaitan is smart in here he wants people to feel that so they will fall later on into polarism one way or another <coughs> so let's see this chapter tonight inshallah the head line of this chapter says that باب ما جاء في حماية المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم جنب التوحيد المصطفى is the one who is chosen المصطفى is the one who is chosen chosen by who? by Allah تبارك وتعالى as Muhammad told us in the hadith that Allah تعالى has chosen Quraysh among the Arabs and the others and he is chosen Bani Hashim among the Quraysh and he is chosen Bani Abdul Muttalib among the Bani Hashim and he is chosen me among us all so he is chosen so that we call his Mustafa Mustafa means the person who is chosen among the others if you bring 20 people applying for a job in your company then you choose one of them that guy is Mustafa you made a stifa for this person to to do this to take this job so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Mustafa because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen him among all to receive the message of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this headline the author rahimahullah is telling us that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has closed every way every way that will lead people to polarism he closed it sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he cares a lot about his ummah and he was afraid that his ummah would do the same as the people of Nuh or the Christians and Jew and the others who worshipped others than Allah SWT because of these reasons he has mentioned already <coughs> he mentioned the first thing the ayah last two ayahs in Surah Tawbah or Bara'ah Allah SWT said لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُمْ حَرِيثٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَعُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ Allah SWT is describing Muhammad SAW with so many descriptions in here that he is sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Rasul, Messenger, that's one case. Second case, that is, Minam Vitikum, among us you, not from angels, not from other nations, but from you, you know him. That's why it's, it's a really strange thing that when you see, when you study the life story of Muhammad, the, the seerat of Muhammad, you will find that before he was a messenger, when he was 40 years and less, and before he reached 40 exactly, he was beloved by every Quraysh. Every Quraysh, every people who meet, anybody who meets him, وسلم, he loves him because he was a nice guy, honest, clean, never drink alcohol, never say bad things, never worship idols. He, is, so he was so honest, Quraysh are putting their things with him so because he was so honest, no way to lose them. Subhanallah. Then all of a sudden, when he became messenger of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, they change the descriptions 180 degree. He became a liar, a, mag a magician, a bad guy, and so on. Why? Why? Because he was 
kicking and breaking their deep belief. These people used to believe in idols. They used to worship idols. They refused to believe that the one who deserves to be worshipped is the only one. They can't accept that. That's why they say, أَجَعَلَ الْآلِهَةَ إِلَهًا وَاحِدًا إِنَّ هَذَا لَشَيْءٌ عِجَابٌ إِنَّ هَذَا لَشَيْءٌ عِجَابٌ How is that? Can be only God, one God, it's impossible to them. Why it's impossible? That's the truth, that's the actual thing. The only one creator is the only one that deserves to worship. That's it. So simple and so easy. But because they have already يعني, gone so deep in this bad belief of that there are, should be a lot of gods, 360 idols beside the Kaaba. 360. That's not only the idols, there are so many idols around also. So they cannot believe the idea that the one to be worshipped is only one. So that's why you find Qurayshis, they have their own idols. Thaqif, which is who, the tribe who was in Taif, they have their own idols. The other uh, tribes all around in Jeddah or these two areas, they have their own idols. Halas. They believe these are their gods. They cannot, yani the people who are in Taif will not worship the gods of Quraysh. False gods, of course. So when he came to us and to tell them, okay, there is only one to be worshipped. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala said, no, no, we cannot do that. So in this case, and that's, of course, when you remember the case of, of discussing about the messengers, we say that Allah ta'ala has chosen the messengers among their own nations. He could send an angel. As a messenger. And that's very easy and very simple, of course, for Allah Ta'ala. But, He wants, subhanahu wa ta'ala, this messenger to be among us, these people, so they cannot say, we don't know this guy. How do we know he's true? How, he, this guy was a sadiq, al-ameen, all good descriptions of him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before he become a messenger. Then, all of a sudden, when he starts to call for Allah only, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he became the vice versa. He was a sadiq, the most Good person who speaks no lies, he became a liar. A person who was straight, he became a magician. A person who, subhanallah, why? Because shaitan is here, he doesn't want them to be a monotheist, he wants them to be prophets as they were. Azizun alayhi ma'anittum, yani he is, he, he does not want you to have trouble. He wants to save you from every trouble, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Harithun alaykum. He also cares about you. He cares about all his nations, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why, this is the point in here, that's why, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he warned his ummah from falling into the polytheism as the worst sin that a human being could ever do. Then, after this ayah, there is the hadith of Abi Huraira, radiallahu anhu ardah, which is, Sahih, insha'Allah, that Al-Bani said, mentioned in Sahih al-Jami' that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا تجعلوا بيوتكم قبورا ولا تجعلوا قبري عيدا وصلوا علي فإن صلاتكم تبلغني حيث كنتم. Three points. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned to us. First, the thing that he warned us from making our houses as graves or graveyards. So he say, يعني, what do you mean? We will make graves into our houses. Yes, that's not allowed, of course. It's not allowed for anyone to have his grave or his father's grave or in, inside the, the house. What about Muhammad? Ah, 
Muhammad Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr Umar these are special cases and we know and that's because Muhammad is sent by Allah and he, what he is doing is Sharia but that's only special for him and special for Abu Bakr special for Umar but for us we are not allowed clearly upon this hadith which is so easy and so clear in here لا تجعلوا بيوتكم قبورا this is one understanding of this sentence the other understanding also to say that he is saying don't make your houses like grave يعني, do not make your houses without praying into pray into your houses because it's not allowed to pray in the graveyard so pray in your houses and don't make your houses as graves or graveyard so when we remember there is a very clear hadith he وسلم, told us that the best salah of the man the mu'min man is at his house except al-maktubah or farida Yani, every salah you are doing, the best place for salah is at your house. Except for the fard, the five fard. Al-Fajr, Al-Zahar, Al-Asr, Al-Maghrib, Al-Isha. That you should do with jama'ah and the masjid. Others, the best place for them is your house. Yani, ratiba, twelve rak'ahs a day, ratiba, nafila, salat al-duha, witr, qulut, so on. This should be all in your house. That's the best place for them. سبحانه So if you come and you do this in front of your children, even your child of one year or two years old, he will start to cover you or resemble you doing these things. Although he's just looking at you and he's, but he's learning from you. He's learning that his father is a good man and he's praying this Allah with khushu. Ah, so he is learning. And these younger, youngsters are really fond of covering their elders. That's natural. So if they are really trying to cover you, they are trying to learn Salah from you piece by piece. So however, in the abundance hadith, and the other hadith of course, he told us to do, is that we should really do most, if not all of our salah except for the fard, we should do them at the home. Some people say, Shaykh, if I leave the masjid, khalas, I will forget. I will forget salah. So I do it at the masjid. Fine, okay, you can do it at the masjid, but this is not the best place for it. Why do not, why, why don't we forget some other things? Only salah we forget? How about other things? Do we forget to eat? Do you forget to, eat, to sleep? Do you forget to, to, go to, to go to work? No, we don't forget these things. But Salah, maybe we forget. Reading Quran, reciting Quran at home, we, maybe we forget. So it's not only for Salah. Also, also the case of reciting Quran. We know that upon the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu we are not supposed to recite Quran in the graveyard. Yani, we are not supposed to recite Quran in the grave? No. Who said so? Yani, before we put the, the dead person in the grave, we do not... Recite some like Surah Yasin. No, don't do that. That's not done by Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is bid'ah and a Like the case of uh, after the finishing the, the, the uh, burying the person, go back 41 still. From where you get this? 41? They make it 40. Why 41? I don't know. From where you get this? There's evidence of it? No. So in this case, nothing to be done except the way of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when we recite Quran at home, when we pray at our homes, we are copying or obeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not to make our houses like grace. 
or graveyard. Second point or second sentence on this hadith is وَلَا تَجْعَلُوا قَبْرِي Do not make my grave as a celebration area. Celebration here, is that mean that we're going to go a party beside the grave of Muhammad sallallahu No. Because that's not possible of course now. But the actual case is that they do this of course to the, 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 um, the other graves, Khalandar Baba's grave. They make uh, milad and they make a lot of gathering in there, maybe sadaqah will be paid and this every year in the same day. They say this is the birthday party of the such and such or milad of such and such a pious person. Muhammad clearly is telling us not to do so. وَلَا تَجْعَلُوا قَبْرِي عِيدًا Eid in Arabic, by the way, is a thing to be done rapidly in the same day of the year or the same day of the month or the same day of the week. That's why Jum'ah is our Eid also. Upon the hadith of Muhammad Jum'ah is the Eid of Muslims. Because it's coming every week. Once every week. Also, Eid al-Fitr. It comes every year, the same day. After Ramadan, the first day of Shawwal is Eid. Fifth day of the Hijjah is Eid. It means that it's coming rapidly the same day. Now, if someone says, I will make my, my yearly planner, that in such and such day, like in Rajab, I will go for Umrah and visit the grave of Muhammad That is really disobeying Muhammad in this hadith. He told us not to do so. And as we said before, even going to Medina, if someone is going to Medina, he ha- should have, he must have the intention <coughs> of going to visit the masjid of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not the grave. Not the, as we see, we have hadith here in the end of this chapter, inshallah, explaining that point. But we are not supposed to visit Medina because we are going to visit the grave. No. Our main intention is to go to the masjid of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because salat in there is a lot better than the other masjid. Then when we are in the masjid, we can go and visit the grave and say, Assalamu alaikum ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But we do not go, because as I understand from some of your brothers, in Urdu, if you say ziyara, in Urdu, it means to go to the grave. That's what I understood. If they, I'm, I'm taking let me know. They say ziyara means you are going to visit the grave of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa which is incorrect, of course. <coughs> we are supposed to do the case like this way. We go to the Masjid of Muhammad Sallallahu in Medina to make Salah in there, okay? Then when we are in the Masjid, we can go and visit the grave. But, again to remember, not to make this as a Eid. Means it's coming, coming rapidly, every year, or every month. Or if someone says, okay, every, the first Friday, if every month I will go to visit the grave of Muhammad Sallallahu we tell him this is bid'ah and about you are disobeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even if he is living in Medina, even though. And just imagine that a person he is working in Medina or he is living in Medina. And he says, okay, every Friday I will go in the morning before Salat al Jum'ah to pass by the grave of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say, Every Friday. We tell him, now you disobey Muhammad sallallahu You are disobeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because clearly in this hadith he is saying, وَلَا تَجْعَلُوا قَبْرِي عِيدًا Don't make my grave as a place of coming in rapidly way. وَصَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ Question comes here before this. Why? Why he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do not want us to make his grave as a Eid? Come to him, to this place, every certain time. Because as we said, when he 
warned his ummah from falling into shirk. He warned his ummah from praying or visiting the graves in this way. Because this will make exaggerating in the grave. This means he, one day he will come and ask this grave instead of Allah somewhere or another. You see, the people when they go to these graves, major graves, especially in the Islamic world, like in Karbala, in Iraq, or in Damascus, or in uh, Tanta, in Egypt, or in yani, Mazar Sharif, or on, whatever, all these places. People are going there every certain place, every certain time. What are they doing? Are they doing the Sunni Ziyara by Salaam Alaikum Darakamumini and they go to the Masjid? Or they are doing something extra? Remember I told you before that Ziyara to the graveyard, three types. Sunni Ziyara, that's the Ziyara that Muhammad Hassan did when he went to the Abaqi al-Gharqad and the graveyard and he said Salaam Alaikum Darakamumini and the rest of the Hadith. That Ziyara, Sunni Ziyara means you are calling Allah for these dead people. Calling Allah for these dead people. That's the ziyara. There is bid'i ziyara, that novelty ziyara, is to go to the graveyard to ask Allah in that graveyard. Because you will have more khushu' beside the dead people. That's not allowed in Islam. The third type of ziyara is the perfect ziyara, perfect ziyara. When a person goes there to ask these people instead of Allah or with Allah. Saying that, well, I am a humble person, I am a sinful person, I cannot ask Allah directly, so I will ask these people to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I will ask these people to ask Allah for me. And I told you before the example that they say, you cannot go to the general manager of the company directly, you have to go through his secretary and so on. Astaghfirullah wa atubu. How come we are comparing Allah to a general manager of a company? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows every language and every, even if you do not speak, he knows what is your heart. Ya alamu la'ayun wa ma tukhfi sudur. What's hidden in the chest, what's hidden in the mind, he knows it, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before you say it, before you open, you think it. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we cannot, we cannot compare. So anywhere we are, when we call Allah, he hears us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Call me, call me, I will answer you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said, in the first sentence of this hadith, وَصَلُّوا عَلَيَّ فَإِنَّ صَلَاتٍ تَبْلِغُنِي حَيْثُ كُنْتُمْ Make salah on him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Wherever you are, wherever you are, you are in Riyadh, you are in India, you are in the United States, you are in Europe, anywhere. Your salah will reach Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another hadith, the same case, of course, in this point, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna lillahi malaikatan tayyahin yubalighunani, or yubalighuni an ummati salam. Any salam made by any Muslim, these angels will carry this salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Do we? There are carriers for your salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And they are not regular people. They are messengers of Allah. They are angels of Allah wa ta'ala. They take your salam. And they take it to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why some brothers say, ask me questions, say, uh, some people in my area, India or Pakistan, whatever it is, they say, when you go to Medina, take my salam to Muhammad sallallahu Wrong. Why? Because you don't need to send a human being who may forget. Send, them a, send a, an angel, yeah. Ask, just make salam at the end directly without your question. We'll take your salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Quickly, quicker than this human being, and he will not forget, of course. Allahu Akbar. Also, the other hadith about this point that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa said, 
that any Muslim, the meaning of what he says, sallallahu is, any Muslim who makes salah or salam on me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send back my soul into my body and I will answer him. Ya salam. Yani just imagine myself or you when we say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Muhammad, then this salam will be carried by angels to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his soul will be back to his body and he will hear your salam and he will answer you. Do I have to be close to his grave? No. Anyway, as we will see inshallah in the next hadith. That's why I say, تَبْلُغُنِي حَيْثُ كُنْتُمْ Wherever you are, your salat will come to me. You don't worry about that. Don't think that it's only if you are beside the grave or if you send someone, he will reach, he will get your salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No. Say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, wherever you are, wherever you are, your salam will reach Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as he mentioned sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith. The third hadith is a story. <coughs> Ali ibn Hussein ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib that's the grandson of Ali ibn Abi Talib was sitting in the or he's sitting in the masjid of Allah and he noticed a man who comes every other time he comes to the grave and he gets close so close and he gets into almost the grave of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make salat on Muhammad So he called it, Ta'ab, Idraw, come, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm making salam on Muhammad He said, wrong, don't do it. Don't do it this way. And he brought the hadith which is in here. And he told him, you, who are who is in the masjid of Muhammad and the person who is in Andalus, Al-Andalus means Spain now and Portuguese. You are the same. You, you here in the masjid, and the other guy who is in the Andalus, you are the same. In the case of Salam of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The one who says, Salam alaykum ya Rasulullah. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. He is in Andalus, Spain, or Europe, or America, or India, or anywhere in this world. The same as the guy who is beside the grave. In this case. No difference. No difference. And he said, Rahimahullah radiallahu anhu. He said, should I tell you, or tell you about the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا تستخذوا قبر عيدا, that's what he mentioned just a few minutes ago, ولا بيوتكم قبورا, another sentence, وصلوا عليه فإن تسليمك ويبلغني أين كنتم. The same hadith almost, with different ways of speaking it, but this is with the story. So he's telling him, your salat and salam will reach Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where you are, whether you are beside the grave, or you are all the way far away from the grave. There's no, no big difference, because these angels will carry your salam, to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Also this hadith is accepted, it is hasan, means good, said by Al-Bani and some other ulama. Now, upon this hadith and ayahs and some other hadith in the other chapters, we clearly now understand that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has done his best to save his ummah from falling into polytheism or shirk. Because he knew, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that this ummah will, or part of this ummah will fall into shirk. As we will see, inshallah, in the next chapter. He knew, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that within the time, centuries after centuries, within the, because of the ignorance of some Muslims, because they love Islam and love Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they, they may do things that will lead them to polytheism. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, already, 
In Quran and Sunnah, he told us clearly, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that shirk is the greatest sin, the worst sin. For so many reasons, you remember, that the person who falls into shirk and he dies without repenting, he is going to be settled in Jahannam. And Jannah will be forbidden for him. And he will not be forgiven. Inna Allah la yaghfir wa yushraka bas. Wa yaghfir maduna dhar kalima yasha. Inna huma yushrik billah faqad harram Allah alayhi jannah wa ma'awahu al-nar. No sin is worse than the, the, the case of polytheism. And unfortunately, this polytheism is spread among Muslims. Do, you say the, do, do we say these Muslims are polytheists? No. Wait a second. Here we have to, to take care of the, the yani conditions and barriers. But we're saying whoever do, does this is a polytheist. But when we come to a person himself, you cannot personalize the case to him directly. Muhammad Ahmad Ali is a polytheist. No, you cannot say this. Unless you bring him, a alim, a scholar, a tasallam, explain to him, then if he's still insisting, although he knew that this is polytheism, still insisting of doing this, then he is a polytheist. But this is not our job, and we are not required to do this action. Our duty in this life is to save ourselves, and our families, and our Muslim brothers, from falling into polytheism, which is the worst of sin, as you, as you heard. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu qu anfusakum wa ahliikum nara. Save yourselves and your families from Jahannam, from Nar. Fed with human beings and rocks. This Jahannam is fed with human beings and rocks. Not with wood, no. With human beings and rocks. So we are required, all of us, to save ourselves. Not only ourselves, but also our families. And also, if we can, we have to save our Muslim brothers. And saving the others is the message and the mission of Muhammad and his brothers of Nabi. When someone is trying to save others from kufr, from polyism, from jahannam, he is doing the duty of Muhammad What a big duty, what a big job. To learn some of this deal and try to convey it to the others, try to save Muslims from falling to this. Then he is doing the, the duty or the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Our case is that every Muslim is required, required clearly to learn this deen as much as he can. Especially the must know part of this deen. Because this deen, some of it is a must to know. Some of it is good to know. So every Muslim must know who is Allah. Must know how to worship Allah correctly. These are the major cases. If he wants to know more about tafsir or hadith and other things, fine. That's fantastic. But if he is so busy or he is not capable or for any reason, other barriers, language barriers, whatever, then he must know who is Allah wa ta'ala, who is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and how to worship Allah wa ta'ala. Three fundamentals mentioned in the message the three fundamentals of Islam. To know Allah, to know Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to know the deen of Islam. To know these three things, then you remember these three fundamentals are the questions in the grave going to be done. When the angels come to the person who is dead already, they will come and ask him these three questions. Who is your Lord? What do you say about this man who came to you? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, of course. What's your deed? If he answers, correctly, then he is going to be in ease. If he does not answer, or answer wrongly, he is going to be in torture. 
course, nobody says, okay, I'll take a paper with me in the grave so I can answer. Nobody will say this because this is not the case. No, do not compare dunya to, to graveyard. Grave, our barza. All those people who were knowing these things and practicing them in their life will answer. Not only to know because the hypocrites, they know. Hypocrites, they used to live with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they hear hadith from him directly and they pray with him and they fast Ramadan with him and they pay zakah to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they go to jihad with him also. But still they were going to be the worst bottom of Jahannam in Audi Billah. Why? Because they knew but they did not practice. They did not believe. In this case, those ones, only those ones who know these things plus they practice it in their life, these are the only ones who are going to answer in the, correctly in the grave when these angels come to ask these questions. So what actually we need in our lives not to have a lot of food or a, a fancy house or fantastic car or that or this because these things will go one day. Now, today or tomorrow, you will lose them. This dunya, as Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, said, this dunya, whether you leave it, or it will leave you. This dunya, whatever you are having in this dunya, whether you will leave it by yourself, this, or it will leave you by losing it, somewhere or another. How many millionaires became? Zero. No money. So many. So dunya left it. How many millionaires died? Millions. Millions of millionaires died. Now or before. And they left dunya. So in this case now, you are required to work. We are not saying now you become like this monk or this Rahban in, in Christianity. No. A Muslim is a person who is living the life all. He is eating, he is sleeping, and he is working, and he is also learning the deen and practicing it and calling people for it. This deen is not only some thoughts or theories you put in your mind in Ma'at-Salam. Christians now, they know their God as they call it, an hour every week on Sunday. And after this hour, خلاص, the rest of 23 hours of that day, Sunday, and the other six days of the week, the God of them is not Jesus as they call, say, their God is the dollar or sex, or drugs, or something else. They worship women, or drugs, or alcohol, or whatever. But they do not worship Isa. Although worshiping Isa is also not Allah. A Muslim is not. A Muslim actually, when he says he is a Muslim, he is living with Islam in every case. Even going to the bathroom, he is a Muslim. He goes to the bathroom the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when he is doing this, the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, only for Allah, then he is worshipping Allah. So worshipping in Islam is not only salasam hajj zakah. No, this is not the whole, the whole case. No. Worshipping in Islam is a complete way of life. Including eating and sleeping and drinking and everything. So in this case, when a Muslim understands this, when he studies this deed, and he understands it, and he practices in his, his life, then he, call, he will call people for it, then he will be a winner. He will not be a loser. وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنْسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ And the other ayah, فَمَنْ زُحْدِهَا عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ فَقَدْ فَاسِ A winner. Big victory. Not in cricket. Not in soccer. Or football. Other things. Not in money. No. Winning in here, 
is to be saved from Jahannam and to be put in Jannah. That's the one. فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازِ 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 here فَازِ in Arabic means he won and he's not a loser. Each one of us he wants to be a winner. Winner in dunya but happy. Practicing the sinners of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam following him in each case he told us. Now when we heard this hadith and he told us clearly not to make his grave as a place for celebration or visiting every certain time then we understand that we are supposed to obey Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَأَطِيعُ اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُ There is no choice to say maybe I will obey Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this case in other case they وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمْ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ No choice. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam decides something that we are supposed to do or to refrain from doing, we have no other choice except to, do, to obey. Is that the case that, okay, well, if this is going to suit me, I will do it. Otherwise, sorry. It's sorry. What, what kind of a human being, what kind of Muslim is saying that I'll accept only things that will, my, my mind will accept it? Say, if your mind is better than the other mind? So we say, okay, well, listen, I am a human being, I, I, am, I have a mind in here, I cannot accept anything. Fine, use your mind to see, to compare what you are supposed to do, to see if this is said by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah sallam. Then you are using your mind in this way. But the other he says, no, 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 I will not accept any hadith or ayah unless my mind accepts it. Ishad. Your mind is better than Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. a problem here. Uh, a doctor who was, uh, he was a dean of a university in one of the Arabian countries. I don't want to call names. He said, I cannot accept the hadith in Al-Bukhari that Muhammad said that if the fly falls into your drink, put it down and throw it. Say this, I cannot accept this. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. He doesn't, he cannot accept it. Why, ya Habibi? Because, wallah, he doesn't like it. Astaghfirullah. Ishhad. It's not the case that we, if we like or not. It's the case that this is deen. We accept it the way that Allah told us to do. Allah knows better. Allah is the best, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muhammad knows better than us. So we are supposed to follow what Allah told us. That's clear. Now they discovered, by the way, in this case of the, the, they call it the, the hadith, hadith is Dubar. The fly hadith, hadith of the fly. He said in Bukhari said that if the fly comes into your drink, push it into it, then throw Then you can drink it, no problem. They discovered chemically that the fly itself, when it falls, it puts its left wing and raises up the right wing. So they were amazed. Why? That mentioned the other hadith, by the way. So they took the fly and they made some chemical test. They found that in the left wing of the fly there is a poison. And in the right wing of the fly is the chemical item that will destroy this poison. So we are together, خلاص, no more poison. Subhanallah al-Azim. Who told Muhammad Did he have a lab to check this, a chemical lab to check the fly? Subhanallah al-Awi. But it is the wahi from Allah, the one who knows everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this case we say, a Muslim really has no other choice but to obey Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala. 
and to obey Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if he does that, then he is going to be so happy in his life. Happiness cannot be gotten unless the person is following the Islam as much as he can. The best the way he can. Because the one who is giving the happiness is not the money, not the food, not the drink, not the women, not the car, not the, the houses, no. The one who is giving the happiness is Allah, the one who created you and he knows who is the best for you. And he gives happiness only to those people who are following his orders, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever is rejecting the dhikr of Allah, the, the orders of Allah, then his life will be so bad, so awful. The other ayah, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تَطْمَئِنُّ قُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبُ قلب مطمئن means what? The heart which is really calm, living the life, with all of its problems. Yeah, nobody say no, no, if he is a good Muslim, he will not have a problem. Problems. No, he will have. No Muslim will be better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No one. Still he had a lot of trouble, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But how did he deal with them? How did he deal with the problem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He dealt with it the way of what Allah subhanahu wa him to do. That's why he was so happy. Even the problems he is receiving, he is rewarded for it. He is rewarded for the problem. He is rewarded also for the patience for this problem. When you are living in your life, you will have trouble. Car accident, uh, problem in work, problem with the children, with the wife, and so on. That's natural. But how do you deal with that? If you deal with them, that you are receiving this because Allah decided that, and it is a test for you, so you are doing the way that Allah told you to do to deal with these things, then you are rewarded for both. Patience and the good intention and action. But the other one, when you see brothers and stuff to say bad things and say, why Allah do me this? Billah. Like they say in the West, why me? Yes, why me? Yani why I'm receiving these troubles? They are receiving because we are a human being. We are receiving these troubles because we are human beings. We are no better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he received a lot of troubles because of this thief. What do you expect, Yani? You want to live a life like Jannah? You cannot. It's impossible to have life in Jannah. In here, dunya. Dunya is not a Jannah. Dunya is mixed. Good and bad. And you have to suffer and face. But if you suffer for Allah ta'ala, for his deed, then you are going to be rewarded. If, if the other guy suffer for only for dunya, then he is not going to be rewarded. He is suffering problems with his boss just because he wants to have some more money. He is not rewarded. He is suffering from his boss, but he is patient because he wants Allah ta'ala to reward him. Then he is rewarded. It's intention. So what I, mean, what I try to say to conclude these three chapters actually is that when Muhammad warned us from these three cases, we are supposed to take it seriously. Seriously. We are not supposed to, and we are supposed not to exaggerate in, in vice persons. We are supposed not to construct buildings on the grave or put graves into buildings. We are supposed not to pray in the graveyard any kind of the prayer or reciting Quran. Because he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, warned us from this clearly, so we are supposed to obey him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we want to be true Muslims and to be happy. These are the three chapters which contain these three cases. I hope that's clear inshallah enough for you. And if you have any questions in the topic, I'll be happy to hear from you. Jazakumullah khair. Yes, sir.
No other kids, no. No, Muslims only. You mean talking about Muslims, they are singing salams in Muhammad Hassan? Yes, yes. Only? Yes, okay. That's a good point. Can we copy this case of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he is receiving the salam and he is receiving his soul back and he is answering? Can we copy this case to others? Like Khalanda Baba, five persons. Can we copy this? No. This is a special case for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Very clear, special case for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we cannot... This is a special case for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nobody come and bring this because some people say, okay. Now, what happened is this. When the case of exaggerating on five persons, they try to copy the special cases for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to them, like case of Barakah. We know that Muhammad sallallahu his hair, his wudu, his yani, sweating, containing barakah. Now somebody tries to transfer this into these five persons. They say, okay, this Khalandar Baba, if you touch his soil, if you touch his grave, if you have part of his clothes, then you have barakah. No. Totally no. Big no. Why? Because this is only for Muhammad very dangerous case that what happened actually if you see these people who are doing this in the, this grave they actually try to copy and, uh, I've heard some guy told me that some extremist Sufis in, in Syria a sheikh he's extremist Sufi and he's sitting and he's pit so his muridin jump to his pit and take it and make you know barakah subhanallah al and when some people came to him and say why you do this why you do this he said Muhammad sallallahu did this ya habib who are you to compare yourself to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa this is the only for Muhammad sallallahu Who are you to come? Did Abu Bakr do it? Even Abu Bakr radiallahu anh did not do this. Did Abu Bakr spit so Sahaba came and took, took his spitting? Radiallahu anh or Umar or Rasman or Ali? They did not. And no Sahaba came to them to ask for their wudu or for hair or anything. No. It's only for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So nobody, this question, nobody will move this to the others, whoever they are. Sorry. Okay, during Umrah and Ramadan, there is a hadith in it. So it's okay, it's not bid'ah, it's not an authority in here, okay. Huh. Okay, even though, because Ramadan, it has a hadith. There is a hadith, it's not, although it's not so strong, that if someone make Umrah in Ramadan, it's like making Hajj with Muhammad sallallahu but this is a weak hadith. However, it is better because Ramadan is special case, special season. If you add... Umrah in Ramadan, that means you, may, you compare or you brought two seasons, Umrah and, but don't tell me that in the case of Umrah and in Rajab, Rajabi Umrah they say, this is, they will say this is bid'ah, novelty, why? Because this is not actually told by Muhammad Hassan to do, he did this, yes, he went in Umrah and Rajab and he went in other times also, why Rajab especially? Because people want, Shaitan wants to push people to make new deen, extra to the deen, and extra to the deen means breaking the deen. When someone adds to the deen of Muhammad sallam, then he is rejecting that Allah, when Allah told him in this holy book, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم. He is complete, then they will add. Or he is accusing Muhammad sallam, that he did not complete the deen. He hided some of the deen, he did not tell people about it. This is kufr. So in this case, doing Umrah and Ramadan, yes, it's better than doing it in any other place at the time, because this is a special season, or a good season that can be done, yes.
جزاكم الله خير وفي ان شاء الله نكتب